Hi, I'm Keith Decent, and this is From the Ground Up, a podcast about how we make what we make, the materials, the tools, and the stories behind the things we build. In the world of reclaiming and upcycling, as it pertains to woodworking, there is no topic more divisive than pallets. Some see them as a fantastically affordable resource for beginner woodworkers. Others see using pallets as a means of environmental conservation, while others still see working with pallet wood as a potentially deadly and monumentally stupid endeavor. For the uninitiated, pallets are a shipping tool, most often made of wood, on which products are stacked so they can be moved or stored or displayed more easily. Pallets as we know them were basically invented around the same time as the modern forklift in the late 1920s and early 1930s. Their popularity skyrocketed during World War II when global manufacturing boomed and the need to ship and store items around the world became a priority. It was at this time, 48 by 48 inch double-faced pallets became the standard used between all allied nations. Later, with the further development of warehouse and shipping technologies, the 48 by 40 inch four-way entry pallet became the new standard and is likely the same one you'll see stacked outside of your local grocery store to this day. And while the history of the pallet is unsurprising and easy to trace, it is a utilitarian object custom fit to the needs of the time, the history of any one single pallet is an entirely different story. None, exactly zero, of the roughly two billion pallets in circulation in the United States today provide the ability to check where it has been used, stored, or built. This is a bit of an issue in the food industry, for example, where studies have shown that some pallets could contain animal fecal matter, pathogens, or chemicals that you normally wouldn't want sprinkled on your zucchinis. It's also a bit of an issue, however, in what seems to be an entirely unrelated industry. Since the early 2000s, designers, makers, trendsetters, and woodworkers of all types have been increasingly using pallets in the production of household goods. In the first half of the 2010s, the instance of the search term pallet wood increased 400% on Google. An explosion of pallet wood inspired projects flooded the design blogs and the Pinterest boards, telling their readers and followers, hey, this stuff is free and it's just sitting out there waiting to be used. It seems people were tearing apart pallets and making them into wall art, wine racks, coffee tables, ottomans, and even toddler beds, starting up their own pallet-based furniture companies and selling them on the web faster than you could say Etsy. Readily available designs and tutorials for pallet wood projects on sites like Pinterest and YouTube, along with the down economy, fueled a fiercely competitive marketplace. On the surface, these products seemed like a fantastic value for consumers. They were made by mom-and-pop entrepreneurs, they were sustainable, and they were cheap. Most importantly, they were a rugged and individualistic departure from the IKEA sphere, where most affordable furniture design had been bouncing around since the mid-90s. Most consumers and new makers didn't really know anything about pallets, other than they were made of wood and they were used for shipping things. As the design blogs and the style shows churned out more and more content about their virtues, information started surfacing about the little-known, dangerous reputation pallet wood has in professional industries. Warehouse workers started springing up, quoted in blogs and websites, with anecdotes about how pallets soaked to the core in toxic sludge were sold back to the recycling company and sent out into the world again. 
Tales of rotten boards, fuzzy with mold being ripped off and replaced piecemeal, right before shipping them out, were now becoming more and more common, as well as the horror stories about the industrial processes used in order to make the wood suitable for a long life of international transportation and storage in widely varying climates. Some of these warning signs are easy to distinguish thanks to, well, warning signs. Pallets treated with harmful chemicals are typically marked and stamped as such, and are readily identifiable. But what about the rest? How can someone who makes a dining table out of pallet wood be sure that it has never been exposed to harmful materials? How can someone who buys it be sure the maker cared enough to find a suitable stash of pallets? They can't. This uncertainty stokes fears, which ignite a backlash. There are hundreds of articles written these days about the inherent risks of using pallet wood. Most major DIY blogs and sites have their own, and usually they contain a blurb about how despite your best efforts, you can never be really sure if it's 100% safe. Anytime an article or project is posted to Reddit, Instagram, or YouTube that uses pallets, there are sure to be comments that warn others to never, ever use pallet wood, typically followed by anecdotal evidence of their shady and deadly nature. Yet, people still use and search for and buy pallet wood products more than ever. Influencers still post content extolling the virtues of pallets and pallet wood, and commenters still call for an end to it all. And sometimes, things get a little out of hand. Friend of the podcast, Paul Jackman, is a woodworker and a reclaimer. And using pallets is kind of his thing. He makes a living creating content for YouTube and other social media sites, as well as marketing and selling his products. So I reached out to him to shed some light on the dark mystery of pallets, their appeal, and what it's like being a lightning rod for the fear and anger that surrounds their use. All right, man. So, so why do you why pallets? What what appeals to you about using pallet wood? Because it's a lot of trouble to go through just to, to break them all down and. Yeah. So there's a few reasons um, that I I go through uh, all that pain to use pallets. Um, I mean, one one of them is obviously they're reclaimed, and a lot of people just throw them away. And the places that I get them from, I'm pulling them out of the trash. So those would be destined for the dump somewhere to to rot away forever. So giving them a second life by pulling them apart and turning them into something else is uh, okay in my book and <laughs> the way to go. Besides that, like just you know being reclaimed uh, by nature, the the projects are very unique that come from it, especially from pallet wood because it's a very uh, not ideal material to build from because of the, uh, the, the, I mean, the quality of the lumber is pretty low and you get it after it's been beaten up quite a bit. So to get usable material and to get projects out of it is difficult, but as a result, that lends itself to a more unique finished product and, you know, whatever that might be. And my my big goal, the kind of the overarching goal of, of doing weird stuff with pallet wood is to kind of push people to keep thinking because like pallet wood is kind of trendy and, and lots of people like to use it for rustic walls or wine hangers or things like that. But like I, I see a lot of that Pinteresty type stuff and I feel like people are kind of, you know, keeping that as, as a line. They're just seeing what they see on Pinterest and keeping it at that. And I'm trying to kind of nudge people, push them like. That's a good first step. Like, you know, you're reclaiming and you're making stuff out of old junk. Like, that's awesome. But keep going and keep innovating and, and keep pushing that that genre, if you will, to, you know, an, another level. And 
um, don't let the material limit you and, and, you know, make something special. Yeah. So how do you try to stand out from all the pallet whip projects that are out there? Uh, there's so many of the rustic typical projects out there. How do you stand apart? A lot of what I've done to make it unique is through lamination. So gluing a bunch of pieces together and shaping that into something else. Like I did with shot glasses, I, I glued it together a couple times, turned it into shot glasses, then I turned it down in, in, you know, on, on the wood lathe. Um, but that's, that's kind of, I, I did that a few times and that's cool, but I wanted to, again, kind of keep pushing through. And one of my more recent ones was like a, a mosaic pattern on a shoebox, and just using the, the benefit of, of the pallet wood is that you get all sorts of different species. So take advantage of that, you know, you have with the crappy material and whatever, but the advantage of it is the different species that you get in the different colors and whatnot. So I use that to my advantage to create this cool pattern in the side of a shoebox. So it's a, a cool visual and it ended up working for me because it hid this secret latch that was all part of the whole build as a whole. So the, the pallet wood kind of worked into that whole thing. So speaking of the, of the shot glasses, <laughs> so you posted on Reddit and I, you, you might as well tell the story. Cause you know, sure. Yeah. Uh, just like, what, what did you expect? Did you expect, what were your expectations going into that post on, on Reddit and, and start from there, I guess. It was totally unexpected. I mean, I, I know people have commented on my stuff before just, there's like this whole myth basically uh, surrounding pallet wood and how it's like toxic, toxic and, and poisonous and treated with all these chemicals. And there's just full of cancer and arsenic and all the worst stuff in the world. And, um, I don't know. I, I thought it was a good reason to turn it into shot or a good idea to turn it into shot glasses. And, and that's what I did. And I didn't even think that people would freak out about that because, you know, they're wood shot glasses. So obviously like you're not going to use a wood shot glass, no matter what it's made out of. Like they're obviously decorative pieces. At least that's what I thought. <laughs> you gave, you gave a little um, too much credit maybe. <laughs> I think, I think, yeah, I was being too optimistic and I, uh, I mean, I posted on YouTube and people, there was a few people that commented and they're like, yeah, I don't know about pallet wood shot glasses. And um, the next day I posted on Reddit and there were quite a few more people saying that. <laughs> I hadn't seen a, a, a thread get locked on RDIY ever no. before. Yeah. yeah so they... <laughs> it, it got that bad to a point that they had to block the thread so nobody else would comment on it. <laughs> yeah. It was like the same response. I just copied and pasted. It's like, Pallowood's not toxic if you take the right precautions and you know people are freaking out saying that it's like pressure treated and methyl bromide and stuff which hasn't been used for 30 years mm -hmm. at least so what are some of the, some of the um the ways you can actually be sure like how are you sure when you say you get your pallets from certain places and you know if you're going to use them for something that people are going to touch or yeah, so kind of the first line of defense is just checking the stamp on the side of the pallet. So they're stamped with a code. Uh, it, it basically tells you how they've been treated as well as some other info, mostly like where they've come from, kind of lo the location of manufacturing. And there's also some codes on there if they've been like debarked or, or things like that. But mostly the most important ones, HT means heat treated, which means it's basically gone through a kiln to kill any bugs or anything like that that were in that wood and then mb is, is is methyl bromide which is a chemical i don't know it's 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 put into the wood similar process to pressure treating where uh, they infuse the wood with the chemical but that hasn't been used for a long time i'm sure there's still those pallets kicking around which is why you want to check the stamp but i've i've never seen one in person i've only ever seen heat treated pallets 
There's a lot of palettes without stamps, and I tend to stay away from those just because you don't know where they came from. More likely than not, they're heat-treated, and they're just like single-use palettes that they just threw together real quick and and put something on. Um, But as far as sourcing palettes, my big suppliers, um, I used to get a bunch from the VA hospital. My dad works there in the kitchen, and they got a lot of palettes holding the food supplies. So... You know, they're holding food, so they have to be heat-treated at least from that and, and food-safe. Right now, my, my current source is a wire manufacturing plant, and they always have pallets that are in really good shape. So I don't know the complete history, but by piecing it together, I'm pretty sure they use them like once or twice. And just it's not worth them taking the energy to get them recycled again. So they have a whole stack constantly out in the front of their building that they're trying to get rid of. So it's kind uh, of like so. a combination of logic and knowing what you're looking for. Too, right, because it, like you said, there's no, there's no, there's no way to absolutely know the history of any one given pallet. Right, you can't know 100 percent if it was stored in a, a nuclear plant or something, and n- nuclear waste was spilled on it. Mm-hmm. But through reason, you can kind of figure out, pretty sure that it's it's going to be fine and not going to kill your family. Yeah, so some of the some of the stuff you hear about pallets is like, oh, they're they're put outside and there's crap on them and. Yeah, a lot of like air dried lumber or whatever is just sitting outside being air dried. It never goes through a kiln or anything, so there could still be bugs and stuff in there that you don't want. The the part of pallets that you end up worrying about, as long as you take all the precautions, seem to line up pretty well with the same precautions you take working with wood in general. Yeah, 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 exactly. So just take a few steps and think about it logically. It's yeah. not really the issue that people like to make it out to. All right, so so. What all right? What what would you absolutely not buy if it was made of pallet wood? Is there anything? I'd say my limit is probably like a pallet wood cutting board. Um, I mean, shot glasses are for display and whatnot. Like you'll touch them and whatnot, but you're not going to put them in your mouth. But a cutting board is something that you like actually cut into and and could release something if that one percent chance that there's something in there that you don't want, you know, in your system. Probably at at a small enough fraction you know diluted enough that it's not going to do anything to you but you know with the cutting board i probably wouldn't take the chance that's probably where i draw the line but yeah. as, as far as like pallet wood art hanging on the wall and stuff like i in the reddit thread people were freaking out just about that you know hanging pallets on your wall and how it's gonna like fumigate your house or something i don't know they they go on some pretty uh pretty long leaping steps uh, to reach those conclusions which is pretty par for the course for, you know, the internet, right? Yeah. It makes sense to be cautious when venturing into the unknown. It makes more sense to be cautious when you're taking the unknown, pulverizing it into dust, gluing it back together, and moving it into your home. But are pallets really something to be shunned and avoided, or are they just the boogeyman of woodworking? As makers and tradespeople, we take risks every day, We put our trust in tools, protective gear, and even the materials we use. Sometimes that trust is betrayed and our safety is compromised. But that sort of thing just comes with the territory, right? I suppose, in the end, whether or not a fear of pallets is justifiable is really up to you. From the Ground Up is an ongoing experiment, and it is now and will always be available free of charge. If you'd like to support this podcast, please visit keithdecent.com slash 
FTGU to learn more about the show and how you can help out. Until next time, this is Keith Decent saying, Later, makers. <laughs>